Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. making way for us to be here. Lord, we are thankful that you have caused us to approach. We pray, Lord, that you give us of your spirit to teach us, minister to our hearts. Lord, help us not to leave this place the same as we came. We thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Why don't you clap for Jesus as you take your seats. Amen. Awesome. Okay. So um, we've been sharing a lot in these several weeks about spirituality, about the walk, the Christian walk, and how that we cannot continue on with the Christian walk without the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Last week, um, or not last week, about a, I think it's about a month ago. It's about a month ago, we shared, just before we went for camp, we were sharing that um, we cannot walk the Christian walk the same way we live our lives here on earth. Otherwise, it becomes boring. Life on earth, the worldly life, needs variation. The worldly life needs changes to make it exciting. Do you understand? When it is persistent, when it is the same, it becomes boring. That is how the worldly life is. But the Christian walk is not like that. And so we cannot walk our Christian walk the same way we live our worldly lives. Do you understand? There are so many things that need to vary in the world to make it exciting for us to continue doing it. Do you understand? Yes. But the Christian walk is not like that. The Christian walk is a spiritual walk. And there is a power behind it that makes it. You see, God has given us the Bible for our entire life. So we are using the same book for this walk. If we are going to live 90 years on this earth, it is that same book. The same scriptures. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? The same scriptures. For our entire life, if we are going to live 60 years, this is what God has given to us. If we are going to live 70 years as Christians, this is what God has given us. It is the same word, the same book, and it can never be boring. 
It is the same word of God that has been preached, that has been taught, that has been ministered for many, many years, for centuries. And it's the same word of God, and it will never be boring. You will never be tired of hearing the word of God. In fact, your entire life, you cannot get everything that is in the word of God. Do you understand? Have you not realized that there will be the same scriptures that we will use to minister in one way, and we will use the same scripture, and you have a totally new perspective and understanding of that same scripture. Worldly things are not like that. If you bring the same thing, it is the same thing. So it needs variation. It always needs change. Do you understand? That is why you see they are here today and they are no more. So last time we were talking about great stores that were around, that they are not around anymore. Type of clothes that people used to wear, they don't wear them anymore. You see, if people are going to continue wearing clothes, we have to vary them and continue to, otherwise then you'll find people are naked. Because they want something different. So you have to change the styles. If you are giving them the same thing at some point, they'll be tired of it and say, we are not wearing them anymore. They will walk. We need a new thing. Now we are walking naked. Do you understand? So things always are changing in the world, but this, the word of God is still the same. It will not change. It's the same. And you will never grow tired of hearing the word of God. Hallelujah. But if you decide to walk the Christian walk the same way you live in this world, then you are going to find out that you are tired. Then you are soon going to be bored. Soon it's not going to be interesting to you anymore coming to church. That is why you have to pray for the Holy Spirit. It is the Spirit that guides us. It is the Spirit that makes the Word of God exciting. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, there is no excitement about the Word of God. If you are not spiritual, the Word of God is not exciting. If you are not spiritual, the Word of God is boring. It is meaningless. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? There is nothing in this world that can explain, there is nothing in this world that can explain when someone says, give and it shall be given unto you. There is nothing in this world, in the world we live, that can explain the fact that it is more blessed or it's more beneficial to give than to receive. What kind of thing is that in this world? What worldly wisdom would explain this? There's none. So if you are not spiritual and you don't understand these things in a spiritual context, it becomes boring. It becomes meaningless. Do you understand? That is why you ought to be conscious of the Holy Spirit who guides us and leads us in this walk. Amen. Amen. Tonight I want to talk about the Christianity. Christianity is a spiritual walk. Christianity is a spiritual walk. Hallelujah. See, one of the things we need to develop 
in our Christian life is consistency. We need to develop consistency in our Christian life. In spite of everything we are going through, in spite of everything that is happening around us, we need to develop consistency. Hallelujah. You see, there are so many things that we go through in life on earth. There are so many things that we go through, and most of them that we go through in life on earth are not designed to help you to serve God. The things we go through in life, in this world, they are not designed in any way to help you to serve God. Amen. You see, even at workplaces, they, they have break times for people to go out and smoke cigarettes. If you are a smoker, they have smoking time, break time. 15 minutes, you see. There is no such time as break time for your quiet time or break time for Bible studies, break time for prayer. You see, there's nothing like that. Do you understand? There is nothing like that. Everything that is designed around us is to make us live worldly. Do you understand? Because there is a God of this world. There is a God of this world whose agenda is completely and totally different from your agenda as a Christian. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4, the Bible says, the God of this world had blinded the eyes of them that believe not. He had blinded the eyes. He says, in whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of what? The glorious gospel. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. This is what we desire. This is what we should pursue after. If you are living in this world, if you are walking in this world, then your mind will be blinded to the glorious gospel of Christ. Hallelujah. If you are walking the Christian walk, the same way you walk your worldly walk, then your mind will be blinded to the light, the glorious gospel of Christ. You cannot understand it. You cannot see it. It will not make any sense to you. It says, in whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. When your eyes are open, this gospel will shine unto you. And the gospel is that Christ came here and died for us, that you and I are saved. This is the gospel of Christ, that God gave his son to us to die for us. Hallelujah. And we should walk in this world always conscious of that. Always mindful of that. Hallelujah. You see, the notion that if you are a Christian, then everything will be okay 
and everything should be okay is a wrong notion. That if you are a Christian, then everything must be okay. Everything should be okay. Life should be okay. It's a wrong notion. And that when one or two things in your life are not going on well, you tend to have the you tend to have a decrease in your energy. You tend to have a decrease in your zeal. You tend to have a decrease in your drive. You tend to have a sort of lasagne attitude and don't want to continue serving Christ. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? It's a word. <laughs> it's not lasagna. Amen. You see, it makes you not have any tenacity to continue on. But may the Lord give you the tenacity to continue on. Amen. If you don't have that, you cannot persist. You cannot continue on. Hallelujah. That you don't have a job. That your marriage is not working well. So it makes you now, you don't even feel like coming to church. It, 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 it makes you not even feel like praying these days. That you, are, that you are pregnant. I'm pregnant. So it makes you not able to do certain things that I am nauseous. I am vomiting. I don't have appetite. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? That you have a new baby, so I, can, I cannot be coming to church the way I used to. Worldly, worldly, that my tax return, my, there's a problem with my tax return. You see, somebody has called you about, why you, you don't know what is going on right now. You have no idea what I am going through right now. And you are worrying me about coming to check that you have not received your tax return and that the IRS has written something to you and has brought certain agitation in your life. And so God has to be put to a standstill for now. Let's put the brakes on God for now. That is Tuesday. If I don't go and sit on this guy, he won't do my taxes. And you are calling me to come to church. You see, we cannot walk the Christian walk the same way we walk in the world. Amen. You failed your exams, so what? You failed your exams, so what? So what? Or your, your car will not start. Your car will not start. So what? You see, we cannot, we cannot look at the Christian work and relate it with our world and associate it with the world. That you went to do your hair and they didn't finish. They braided half and they didn't finish. And so this Sunday, I'm not coming to church. Look, Jesus said something in... John 16 and 33, it says, in this world, in this world, you will have trouble. 
in this world, you will have trouble. But it says, take heart. Because I have overcome the world. In this world, you will have trouble. Robert, did you understand? In this world, you will have trouble. So if you are going to serve God and it is going to depend on the troubles you have and how they are solved, you are not going to serve God. It says, in this world, you will have trouble. You will have tribulations. You will have troubles. There will be turmoil in this world. Hallelujah. But we think, or sometimes we tend to think that Someone who has all these things going on with him or with her is the person that is blessed. Someone who has gotten married and has children and they have a house and he drives a car and he has a job and his wife is this and his children and is this. This is what we look at and we say, this person is blessed. Is it because we live the Christian life in a worldly understanding? Amen. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God of our Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Hallelujah. He has blessed us in all spiritual blessings, which are where? In heavenly places, not here on earth. In heavenly places. God's blessings, God's wonderful blessings, they are spiritual blessings. Do you understand? God's blessings, they are spiritual blessings. Amen. By all means, God will give you houses. God will give you brothers. God will give you sisters. God will give you children. God will give you cars. God will give you property. God will give you all these things. But this is not the reason why God sent his only begotten son to die for you. This is not the reason why God gave his son to die. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? That you are not happy with God because you didn't pass your exams. God did not give us his only begotten son so that you have a car. That Christ came to die for us so that you have a job. Indeed. That Christ came to die for us so you will find a husband or you will find a, a wife or that you will have money. Christ came to die for us so you have purpose. Such that when you feel or you lack these things, you feel let down by God. You feel let down you feel that God has let you down when these things are lacking in your life. You feel that God has let you down. God is not fair. I have prayed about this for many years and I have not received it. And so you feel let down. But I tell you, 
the reason why Christ came here on earth is not because of your job. It's not because of your papers. It's not because of money, that you have money. Hallelujah. That is not the reason why God gave us his son. Amen. A lot of people feel let down by God because of one or two things that they don't have in life. They feel disappointed. They feel God has let them down. They, they've said that it becomes so difficult for them, even as we are worshiping, as we are singing, it becomes very difficult for them to sing. It becomes very difficult for you to lift up your hands to sing and praise God. When we are saying, thank you, Lord, I just want, you feel there's nothing to thank God for. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? And then we say, for all you're giving to me. And you say, what has God given to me? You say, so you are standing there and then you feel, what has God given to me? Because you are looking at your life and what has God given to me? That I have to. So you are looking at these people, they, you see, oh, they are lifting their up there because this one has a job, this one is married, this one has children, this one has this, this one has money, this one is in school, this one, me. What has God given? And so you can't dance, you can't sing, and you have no reason to sing a song like that. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You see, but you see, that is why, that is why I say sometimes even when we are singing the song, we don't even know what we are. But look at us, look at the songwriter. Do you have that, the lyrics for that song? Don't mind. It says, it says, for all you're giving to me. What else? For all the blessings that I cannot see. The blessings that I cannot see. They are in heavenly places. Spiritual blessings. That is why we lift up our hands and we are dancing and we are singing. For blessings that we cannot see. Not a job that we can see. Not a child that we can see. Not a bank account that we can see. But for the blessings that we cannot see. That is why we are lifting up our hands. Somebody understand what I'm sharing this afternoon? The Christian walk is a spiritual walk. It is a spiritual walk. Hallelujah. It is a spiritual walk. It's not, we cannot walk it in the world. We cannot walk the same way we walk in the world. Hallelujah. That sometimes when God is withholding something, it makes you not wanting to serve God. It makes you not want. God will give you these things. But I believe that sometimes God withholds certain things from us to get our attention. I believe that many times God would intentionally withhold. It's not that he doesn't hear prayers. Sometimes the answer to your prayer is you not having what you are asking for. And that God gets your attention. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Because there are so many people, if it wasn't for something that they don't have, if it wasn't for something that they are looking for that no man can give them, they will not serve God. They will not serve God. You see, this is 
And I'm saying this with confidence because this is one of the reasons why a lot of rich people don't serve God. This is the, one of the reasons why a lot of rich people don't serve God. And this is one of the reasons why people wonder what you want from God when you are serving God. They think there must be some pressing need that you don't have, something that you need. That is why you are serving God. And you don't, they don't see why you, why, you are, why you are chasing after God. Do you understand? Amen. Amen. They know that you are, you are seriously after God because you don't have a job. And the reason why I'm saying that is, I see that sometimes people are eager, they are serving God, they are doing things for God, and they are looking for something, and then they have it, and then they are gone. They disappear. Somebody doesn't have a job and every day reverend, reverend, and, and then you see every time they are in church, they are doing things, they are here, and then once they get a job, that's it. So you see, I believe that sometimes God would, would hold certain things to get us, to get us. Sometimes even it's a lesson that he wants to teach you, and once he has taught you that lesson, then he will give you. Look, Naaman Naaman would never have gone to see the prophet Elijah if it wasn't for an issue in his life that no man could solve. Naaman would never would have traveled to Israel because when he went, he says, are they not rivers of Damascus? What are the rivers? Papa and Fafa. Better rivers than all the rivers in Israel. Do you understand? And so you see, there was a pressing need that no man could meet. So God was able to get him to come to his prophet to see his wondrous works. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing? The woman with the issue of blood, there is, there is no way he would have she would have pursued after Christ. There is no way she would have, because she was a wealthy woman. Do you understand? Look at the scripture. I'll show you the scripture in Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5 and verse 26. The Bible says, Mark chapter 5 and verse 26. It says, when she had, it says, and she had suffered many things. She had suffered many things of many physicians. She was a wealthy woman. She knew doctors. She knew specialists. She knew good doctors in town. And so she was going from doctor to doctor. That is how she was looking for answer. And the Bible says she has suffered the hands of many physicians and had spent all she had. That means she had money. She was a wealthy woman and she had spent all she had. Still, she was nothing better. But rather, she grew worse. Rather, she grew worse. As she was pursuing after doctors, that you would think her health will improve, she was getting worse. Helen, do you understand this word of God? She was getting worse. And then she heard of Jesus. Amen. And then, because maybe all the while she's flipping channels on CNN or health channels looking for great doctors in town, 
And then she has gone through all of them. So this doctor will come, I've seen this one. I've seen this one. I've seen this one. So he says, let me just check TBN. Do you understand? Let me, check, let me just check TBN. You see, when we have a pressing need, then we are looking for avenues to reach God. When we have a pressing need. Amen. And then she heard of Jesus. When she heard of Jesus, then nothing will stop her. Nothing will stop her. Crowd. People. She was, she was, she was bleeding, which she didn't, she couldn't come into the midst of people, but she didn't care. Because she had a pressing need. Hallelujah. We don't, we, 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 we don't need to come to that stage. Amen. Pursue after God. Pursue after God. Seek after God. Seek after his kingdom. He will add health to you. He will add wealth to you. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? He will give you a job. No doubt. He will give you a job. I am telling you, he will give you a job. He will give you marriage. Seek after God. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? He will give you a house. He will give you children. Seek after God. Let your heart pursue after God. Let your heart be after the reason why God sent his son to die for you. Because it is higher than you think. It is higher than you see. Amen. Amen. A lot of times we don't value, we don't value what we read in the scriptures. And we don't, we don't really place such importance to it. We don't, we don't, or we don't believe it. But if we value the words of Jesus, we shall sit up sometimes and thank God that he has even withheld certain things from us. If we, if we believe the words of Jesus, do you understand? That God has withheld certain things from us in order to get our attention, in order to keep us continuing serving him. Because many Christians do not have a clue about what hell is about. Or they see, you see, sometimes, you see, sometimes God has given people such revelation that they can even make movies about hell. Sometimes watch these things. As they have read the scriptures and God has given them revelation about hell, watch these things. And see. Hallelujah. That hell is not a place that a job, a job, the lack of a job should take you to hell. That because you are not married, that you have been in a church for a long time and there's no... So what? Somebody left the church because he was angry that all the men are getting married, they are getting this and, and then what about me? And then he was angry. He called me, he's angry with me. He's angry. And he, he says, and then I'm, I'm trying to console him. He says, but you, you have your wife. Hey! He's angry. 
<laughs> He's angry with me. Trying to say, brother, let it not be your mind. Don't, don't, don't let that be your mind that this is the reason. But you have your wife. That's why you are talking like that. What about me? He says, are the men around better than me? This is his thinking. That as I've been in a church for a long time, how come no one has come, no one, no woman wants to marry me? And he's angry. Christ died for you so that you can get a wife. But Jesus said something in Matthew chapter 16, 26. He says, what, for what is a man profited? For what? For what? Name it. He says, for what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world? If he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul. You will gain the whole world and lose your soul. What is a man profited? Name it. Is it a job? Is it marriage that will pro- a man will profit if you will gain it? Is it, is it a job? Is it a, an admission to an Ivy League school? Is it, is it passing your exams? Is it marriage? Is it children? Is it money, a good bank account? What is a man profited? What will profit you to have that you can, you, you, you say it is worth losing my soul for? What? He says name one, one thing. One. You see, if we understand and we believe the words of Jesus, you realize that then there is nothing that should hold you from serving God. There is nothing in this world, nothing in this world worth your salvation. Nothing in this world worth your soul going to hell. Then he says, or what shall a man give in an exchange? What will you give? Would you give, would you give your soul in exchange for a job? What would a man give? What would a man give? There is nothing in this world. There is not, that means that there is nothing in this world worth taking you to hell. That is what it means. There is nothing in this world. You see, you have no idea about hell. That is why your behavior is like that. You have no understanding of hell. And that is why you behave like that. That is why your attitude is like that. Amen. There is no job worth your soul that because of this job you can go to hell. No job. No marriage. No child. No no, 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 no child is worth you going to hell. No child. So he says, look at Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9 and verse 41. He says, look, the Christian walk is a spiritual walk. The Christian walk is a spiritual walk. And your mindset should be on spiritual things. He says, for whosoever, look, look at, look at, you see, you have to see hell from Jesus' point of view. You have to look at hell from Jesus' point of view. Otherwise, you'll be little and you, 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 you don't place such value 
even that the fact that you are still a Christian. And you see, do you understand? You will not even place such value. You will not see it. You see, you will not, you will not think that as you are sitting here today, as you are sitting here today, you are worth more than the President of the United States. You are worth more than the White House. You are worth more than all the skyscrapers in Manhattan. You are worth more than all the skyscrapers in Abu Dhabi. You are worth more than everything that is in the world. You ask just the fact that you are a safe soul sitting here. You will not see it like that. You will not place such value on it. But when you begin to look at it from Jesus' point of view, he says, For whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink in my name, because ye belong to Christ. Listen, that somebody will give you a cup of water to drink, that you will continue to be a Christian. That somebody will give you a cup of water to drink so you don't backslide. That somebody will continue, somebody will give you a cup of water to drink, just a cup of water to drink, so that you are still saved. It says, because ye belong to Christ, verily I say unto you. It's like, verily I say unto you. That somebody gave you a cup of water to drink so that you remain a Christian. Verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. That somebody did something, did something that made you continue to be a Christian and you didn't lose your soul. That person, no matter what, he will never lose his reward. He will never lose his reward. That person will... It, it doesn't matter what the person did. It doesn't matter what the person said. But that, because of that person, you are still in church. Because of that person, you still serve Christ. Because of that person, you are still saved. That person will never, he said, verily, verily, that person who made you continue to serve me and you didn't backslide, he will never lose his reward. He will never lose his reward. He will never lose his reward. That somebody, when you were not coming to church, somebody continually calling you, begging you, asking you, pleading with you, doing that person will never lose his reward. That person. Amen. Verse 42, he says, look, let's look at hell from Christ's point of view because it is a serious matter. And May the Lord reveal, may, may the Lord open our eyes that we will have a revelation of hell. A revelation of hell. He says, and whosoever, whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believe in me. Whosoever, anyone, whether it's the pastor, whether it's the pastor's wife, whether it's, it's your husband, whether it's your wife, whether it's your child, whether it's your mother, your father, whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believe in me, that are saved, that are, I have died for, the ones that are believe in me and have set aside for my coming. Whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believe in me, it is better for him that a millstone, you see, you have no idea about hell. That Christ left his, his, he left his throne in heaven and came and allowed himself to be tortured by men. 
You have no idea. When he looked at hell and he saw, if I don't do this, all these people will perish and go there. I will go and I will go and die for them. And after he has done that and people, you see, and it's not easy for someone to believe and give his life to Christ. You see, and you realize when you, want, when, you, when you go on evangelism, it's not everyone you meet that is giving his life to Christ. So if he's able to save one, one soul, and through you, he says, and whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believe in me, one of them, one, just one, you just allow just one church member to leave the church, one, just one. For the things that you have been saying and for the things that you have been doing, just one, one, one like this, one. Not like they close the church. The meanings, read them. Take a microphone. It is better for him. It is better for him. Read them. What does he say? To offend, uh, to cause one to fall away. To offend. To cause one to fall away. To cause one, one. One of, my, one of them who believe in me. You see, as you are sitting here, you believe in Christ. But if we were to do something, if I were to do something, that one of you will fall away. What else? Wow. To cause a person to be distracted. And to desert the one whom he has caused to, be, to obey. Whom he ought to trust and obey. Wow. That through, because of you, now the person doesn't believe even in Christ anymore. It's a dangerous thing. It's a very dangerous thing. What else? If you entice someone to sin, wow, you entice someone to sin. Is it a sin for people to talk about their pastors? Is it a sin that you are gathered and then you are insulting the pastor and you say, look at his head. When he gets up, he's saying everything he wants. He says, if you, you entice people, your, your place is where people meet to sin. Your phone call entice people to sin. That your talking entices people to sin. The way you you the way you 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 give food in the church, you entice people to sin. What did he say? Wow. Wow. It's amazing. You see, because sometimes, you see, we don't think of our behavior as causing one of these little ones to fall. Do you understand? We don't, we don't think of it. We don't think of our behavior as one, one that is causing one to be offended. One that is causing one not to believe in Christ anymore. Not to trust in Christ anymore. Not to do what God is approved of or God approves. 
because of what you are doing. He says, it is better for him, it is better for him that a millstone, a millstone were hung about his neck and he were cast into the sea. You see, you have no idea that Jesus can do something like this when it comes to soul. You see, when, when you are thinking like this, ah, Jesus, mm, wow. It's like causing a murder. Jesus, come on. You're tearing a millstone to somebody's neck and drop in the sea. What kind of, what, 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 what evil have I done that Jesus is going to do? But you see, when it comes to someone losing his salvation because of you, you will see another side of Christ. You will see another side of Christ. Amen. Amen. Do you have more? To put a stumbling block or an impediment in a way that will cause another to stumble and fall. This is serious. May the Lord forgive us. Because some of us also have put stumbling blocks in a way that some people are falling. Do you understand? Some of you have caused certain women to fall. Some of you have caused certain men to fall. Sometimes your dressing has caused certain men to fall. You see, it says that to offend, it means you cause someone to sin. Sometimes the way you are dressed, it has caused people to sin in the house of God. I can see. So you see, when somebody comes and says, dress properly, cover your, 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 your anger, you say, she doesn't have it. That's why she's jealous. She's jealous of me. She's jealous of me. Or she's an old-fashioned person. You have to show some. You have to show some. But you see, if that is causing, it's okay if you, you, yours has pimples and all kinds of things that no one is falling. You know, the men look and they don't care. That is okay. But if it is so such that as I'm preaching, someone's eyes is always and is not listening to me and the person is... Fo- you have no idea. He says that it's better. You see, that's just your clothes. It's better that we hang a millstone about your neck. Hey. Wow. I tell you. Jesus and hell, I tell you, <laughs> amen, that you intentionally, you, you intentionally, as you are, you are coming to church, you have a thing in your mind. You intentionally, you say, today be today, today, today. Someone will fall. Then you push things up, push up. As you are doing it, you know there's something in your mind. You are pushing it up, pushing it up. And then you, you come to church and it has dropped. And then you go to the bathroom and push it up further. Break it up. <laughs> because, because the journey was long. The thing has dropped. <laughs> For the one hour in church, it should come up. 
Then after church, you see you are walking like this. Is there more? You cause one to judge unfavorably or unjustly of another. You cause one to judge unfavorably that your behavior, the pastor didn't come to your wedding. The pastor didn't come for your birthday something. The pastor didn't come for this. And then you say, oh, that's how they are. You see that? And then the person now judges unfavorably about the pastor. That the, pa- the person doesn't even want to come to the church anymore. Or unjustly. Why is the pastor late to my wedding? Oh, you don't know him. They didn't tell you. That's how he is. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? It's a serious matter. You see, sometimes you are saying something casually for some to judge unjustly, to judge unfavorably. What else? To cause one to feel annoyed. Hey! We should walk carefully. We should walk carefully. That we don't cause one to, to be annoyed. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together for the brother. You have helped us to expound the scripture. He says, whosoever shall offend one of these little ones, one, just one, who believe in me, it is better for him that a millstone were hung about his neck and he were cast into the sea. He were cast into the sea. It was, that means that what will happen to you is worse than this. This is just a small part of it. What will happen to you, it is, it is better that we did, Jesus did this to you. You will prefer this. And if you think this is wild. Verse 43, so he says, And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. If thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell. You see, this will not make any sense to you in the world. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? But Jesus is saying that it is better that you, 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 you miss hell. It is better not to go to hell and come to heaven with one hand. That they cut off your, even if you are right-handed, let them cut off your right hand. And then come to heaven maimed with one hand. It is better. That means if this hand troubles you, if this hand troubles you, cut it off. You see, you see, we read it and it's like, oh. But it is an analogy as to how extreme and how, how aggressive you have to be to serve God. To escape hell. By all. That means do anything you can. At all costs. At the cost of one hand. To escape hell. We don't believe in these things. We don't believe in these things. That is why our attitude is like. We don't believe in these things. 
Even the things that we say, it shows that we don't believe in these things. Because what you have been saying is going to cause someone to stumble. Do you understand? We don't believe, you, we don't believe that, you see, you, 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 we don't believe it. But it is worth the person losing his hand. If it is, hell is worth the person losing his hand. And no wonder Jesus says, if you cause someone, someone to lose that trust and believe in me, then your situation is better. Is be- your situation, what they're going to do, is better that they hang some, your, that's a preferred choice. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Beloved, think about it. The hell fire, it can never be quenched. This is not extreme gospel. This is the real gospel. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not some extreme pastor. I'm not some, I'm not, I, this is the real gospel. I am reading to you the words of Christ. When you are not spiritual, these things, they are, oh, they are even boring. You see, as I can see some of your faces already. Do you understand? They are not exciting. But this is the real gospel. Verse 44. It says, where they are worm, the worm in hell, the maggots, where they are worm, the maggots diet not, and the fire is not quenched. Hellfire, it doesn't die out. It's not quenched. You will feel it. It will burn you. See, it will burn you, and as it is burning you, maggots are going into your nose and then coming through your ears, and then coming from your mouth, you see, and then going through your armpit. And if you are a woman, it's going through your something. You see? You see, I see your faces. You don't want maggots going through certain areas of your body. But the mag- and it's not for three weeks. Nancy, it's not for two days. This is what you are going to experience for a lifetime, forever, eternally. You will think that, you, 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 you see, that is why Christ came to die for us, Vicky. This is why Christ came to die for us. This is why God gave his only begotten son, so you don't go to this place. So you're going to go to this place. Amen. Amen. Are you learning something? Yes. See, it's worth taking your hand off. Verse 45. And if thy foot, thy foot offend thee, cut it off. Cut it off. It's better you wear one heel every day in, he- in heaven. He says, and if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. Cut it off. We are talking about life here on earth. If you are fo- your foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter halls into life than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. 
The fire that never shall be quenched. I don't know how it is. You, I don't think you want anyone that you know even ever to go to hell. The fire shall never be quenched. So it's better to go one foot and enter the heaven gate. Jesus, here. One foot. What happened to you? I made it. You see? I made it. I made it. One foot. Your life, your, your situation is better. It's better. Vicky, Jackie, it's better than to go to hell with both. 46. It says, where their worm died not and the fire is not quenched. He's reminding us the fire is not quenched and the worms do not die. They go everywhere in your body. And you are like a rotten dead body, but you are not dead. And it's not for three weeks. It's not for two days. Verse 47. And if thine eye, thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. You do your, look, it is a very serious thing. Do your own surgery without anesthesia. Pluck it out. <laughs> Andy, hell. He said, pluck it out. Your, your, your eye, this eye is taking you to hell. Pluck it out. Let your nails grow and then dig it and pluck it out. It is painful, pluck it out. He says, if then I offend thee, you see, we are talking about the things that offend and then we went through all the things of offend. Do you understand? So if your eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. Where, verse 48, where their worm died not and the fire is not quenched. It's amazing. I say it's amazing. And you see, we don't take these words seriously. I'm telling you, we don't take these words seriously. That is why we, our attitude is like that. So Jesus is saying, you, are, you, you, you have an eye that troubles you. If that is taking you to hell, pluck it out. Pluck it out. He didn't say, let them take it out. You know, let them have surgery. He said, pluck it, pluck it, pluck it out. Pluck it out. And go with one eye to heaven. If that eye offends you. That means anything that offends you, anything that will make you not go to heaven, take it out from your life. You are doing your hair, they have finished half, come to church with half. It is better, look, it is better to come to church with half hair braided and another half not done than to stay home. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? You are not coming to church because the dress that you bought and you are planning to wear, it looks tight on your waist. 
bring it, tight it, or open a side and come to church. It is better to come to church. Like, look, you see, you it's a serious thing. And you see, it's a serious thing. But you see, we let not serious things take us away from God, such as marriage. And I'm telling you, as long as you are walking this world in this worldly understanding, you think marriage is so valuable that you should not lose your marriage for Christ. You will think that your job is so important that you should not lose your job for the church. But it says it is better to come to heaven. Main. It is better to come to church with your, the, the dress that you wore last week, the same dress, come. It is better. It is better. Amen. It is better. It is better to sing with a voice that was not so prepared than not to sing. It is better. It is better to dance in a way that people will laugh at you than not to dance. It is better. Amen. It is better to come to church with any form, any how, than not to come. Hallelujah. It means nothing should hold you away from church. Nothing should hold you away from doing the work of God. Hallelujah. May God give us the tenacity, the strength, the wisdom to walk this spiritual walk. Hallelujah. That is why, you see, the Christian walk is not always to walk on, to continue on. It is pressing on. You have to press on. What does it mean to press on? You see, to press on, it means that there are obstacles. Do you understand? It means there are obstacles. There are things that are preventing you from doing it. But you are pressing on. You are pressing on. It means to pursue after. That means that in the world, the Christian work is always making an effort to run away from you. So you press on, catch up, run after it. Pursue after it, chase after it. Hallelujah. Because it is making effort to leave you. There are obstacles. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So it says in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 58, it says, therefore, my beloved, therefore, my brethren, therefore, Christians, be ye steadfast. Be ye steadfast. You see, if the Bible is telling you to be steadfast, it means that there is a tendency for you to fall. Do you understand? It means that there's a tendency that you will fall. There's a tendency for you to stop serving God. That means that there are so many things around that will make you not serve God anymore. There are so many things around that will make you or take you away from the church. There is that tendency. So it says, be ye steadfast and movable. Don't be moved. Jennifer, do not be moved. That means that you make effort not to be moved. Do you understand? You see, this is not, this is something that depends on you. This is not something that comes automatically. It says, be ye steadfast. Be ye steadfast. Be unmovable. Be unmovable. Say, nothing will move me. Amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor, you cannot move me. You cannot move me. 
Say, you cannot move me. He said, nothing will move me, including you. <laughs> he says, be ye steadfast, unmovable, 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 unshakable, unmovable. Whether you, you have a job or not, it's not moving you. Whether you have marriage or not, it's not moving you. Whether you have a child or not, it's not moving you. Whether you are married or single, it's not moving you. Whether all the women around are marrying, I'm unmovable. As far as Christ is concerned, I am unmovable. Nothing shall move me. Nothing shall shake me. No job could move me. I'm an unemployed, unemployed so what? I failed my exam so what? No exams can move me. No career can move me. No school can move me. Be unmovable. Unmovable. Always abounding. Always abounding. Always. Always abounding. He says, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Always. Nothing should stop you from singing. Nothing should stop you from cleaning the church. Always abounding and more, doing it more, 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 always abounding. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Put your hands together for the Lord and stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. We need the help of the Spirit. We need the help of Christ. Lord, we need you. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. We need more of you, Lord. We need you, oh Lord. Help us, oh God. Help us. He said, we are in this world, but we are not of this world. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. Not to conform to this world. He said, be ye, be ye transformed. Father, help us that we do not conform to this world. Oh, Jesus, help us. That we be conscious of our work. That it is a spiritual work. It is a spiritual work. Our work with Christ is a spiritual work. Help us, Jesus. For our challenges, the difficulties, the trials. Oh, Lord, the thing that we go through. He says you have blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Help us, O oh God, to set our eyes on things above. Help us, O oh Lord, to set our eyes on the things above. Yes. The upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day. Oh, Jesus. Help us. To be unmovable, to be steadfast, to be unmovable, to be steadfast, always abounding, that we are always abounding in the work of the Lord. May we always abound. Let us not be movable. We are unshakable. Nothing shall move us. Nothing shall shake us. Nothing shall change us in our walk with you, oh God. Nothing shall change us. May we always abound. May we always abound. Yes. 
you are not born again and you want to give your life to Christ you are saying pastor pray with me I want to give my life to Jesus I want to accept the salvation that Christ offers I want to receive Jesus Christ into my life I want to take Jesus Christ as my savior if that is your prayer Lift up your right hand wherever you are and I'll pray with you. Is anyone here like that? You want to give your life to Christ? Anyone here like that? You want to give your life to Jesus? If that is you, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? Father, we thank you for the gift of salvation. We thank you, Lord, that you gave your only begotten son to die for us. Lord, you saw it worthy you saw it worthy to give your only begotten son that we will not go to hell. Father, we are grateful and thankful that you have chosen us and you have caused us to approach. That you have given us the grace to receive salvation. We are grateful and thankful. We pray, Lord, give us the grace to continue to walk with you. We thank you, Jesus, for the sacrifice you made for us. We are thankful in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you clap for Jesus as you take your seats? Are you blessed tonight? You know? We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.